Good afternoon, and welcome to the council. I am your host, Charlie Pacello. It's been a couple weeks since we've been on the air, and Roy, do we have a great show for you today. Uh, I just want to thank uh, KUHSDenver.com, uh, you know, our host here who's been sponsoring this show and who's been uh, putting it out on the platforms out there for all of you to watch. Uh, without KUHS Denver, we would not be able to broadcast. And so I just want to thank them. They are broadcasting right here in Colorado, Denver, Colorado. We're broadcasting all across uh, this state, all across the western states, eastern states, all across the world. The best programs and the best shows you can find here on KUHSDenver.com. Uh, just in a few weeks, uh, just a quick announcements before we get into the show. Uh, I will be announcing my, uh, my first book, my first published book. Uh, it's going to be called Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. It's a book that uh, I worked on and labored on for uh, some time. And it's about really trying to help us get in touch with some of the wisdom of the ancients, of the great masters of these different epics, of these different periods from uh, our history, from about 900 BCE to about 200 BCE. It was this amazing, incredible period of, of spiritual and uh, moral awakening. And all these different regions were coming to the same conclusions about treating others the way you want to be treated. And that there was something deeper within us that uh, connected us to the divine and the, and the universe around us and that we needed to go through our suffering in order to achieve a, a sense of enlightenment, of understanding, of connection with everybody else. And so I hope that you'll, uh, uh, when it comes out, that you'll be interested and want to purchase it. Uh, but keep it, uh, you know, on your, uh, on your calendar. I'll let you know when the next, uh, when it will be released. So, um, and I just got back from an international symposium of quantum consciousness in Las Vegas. It was an amazing group of people all trying to come together to bring this uh, 5D awareness, five dimension, the sense of unity, love, and consciousness, and, uh, and being able to connect with people that are really moving uh, people in a direction to help them to heal their wounds, to overcome their traumas, to overcome their, their personal battles, and to being able to realize the power that is within them to realize that uh, they have something inside of them that nobody else can give the world. And so to be surrounded by all these people and to be uh, honored to sit on a distinguished panel of experts uh, who were bright and uh, brought a lot of light into the world, it was so, uh, such an honor and a privilege to be among them. And I've asked a few of them to join me on the show, and one of them is with me today. And we're going to just talk about um, just how to reclaim your power. And part of that is, uh, you know, we, it's part of our birthright. Part of our, our sense of that we, we have a birthright when we came into life that we, we belong to life. We belong to a higher power. We belong to something. And, and a lot of times life knocks us down. Well, you know, it's life is going to knock us down. It, it just is. It's not all sunshine, rainbows, lollipops, and unicorns. It's going to knock us down sometimes. And uh, I wish it wasn't that way, <laughs> but it is. And it's when we get knocked down, it's during those times that we can learn, if we really want to, the lessons that can help us to become the better people we were meant to be. But oftentimes we, come, we become stuck. We get stuck in the pain of that. Or 
Uh, maybe it's happened to us so many times that, oh my gosh, how, how can I pick myself up again? How can I pull myself, um, uh, pull my bootstraps up and get moving forward again when this has happened so many times and I tried and made so many efforts to move my life in a certain direction and I keep running into obstacles. I keep running into the same kind of people. I keep attracting the same kind of people that, that end up you know, pushing me down rather than raising me up that diminish and devalue and degrade who I am as a human being and are, 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 are not allowing me to flourish the way I want them to flourish. Why do I keep, why does this keep happening to me? And you get beat down so many times, you're just like, I can't, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know if I can. And so, you know, how do you learn, how do you learn to trust yourself? How do you learn after so many years of, uh, of these kinds of challenges, how do you learn to be able to trust yourself again? And so what you're seeking, in my opinion, is you're seeking the stamina and the strength in yourself to trust yourself. You're seeking your essential nature. And when these challenges come up, it's really calling you to turn inward, really calling you to actually go in <clears throat> and that you can start to be able to trust yourself, that, what, that you can keep your word with yourself. You know, that when you say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, but I'm going to do this. And you're going to find that stamina that something in you is going to rise to that challenge. Because if you can't trust yourself, you, there's no other person you can trust. There's no other person you can trust. And a lot of times we place other pe trust in other people, hoping that they will will do what they say they're going to do and very often they don't have the internal structures to be able to follow through with that and so you're forced to look at things differently you're forced to recognize that you can only trust yourself because if you don't what you'll be forced to do is to say things that will be from your weakest rather than your strongest and the weakness in you is going to cause you to lose respect for yourself because that's going to, you're going to have to pull out your wounds then. You're going to have to pull out all these other things as your power. And then you're going to have to use word, those words, blame, and, uh, and I'm entitled to certain things, or I deserve it. All that stuff, you start using those words, and that disempowers you. And those are the worst of words. That's not, you know, esteeming yourself. So you're going to use blame. And that was that other person that has kept me down or... She did this or he did that, and therefore my life is not the way I want it to be. And so it's, it brings out the worst in you. And so one of my questions for you as an audience is, you know, what does it take for you, for you, to be a person who simply does not betray? To, not just yourself, just anybody. What does it take? And if you betray yourself, you will betray anybody. If you don't live up to your word, you will betray anybody. Character does matter. It really does. And, and we've, we've struggled in the last, uh, I think, for some time in this sense that it doesn't matter. I can do what I want to do and, you know, who cares about it? And, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, it does. It really does. And most of all, it hurts you. A human being needs character. And a lot, of the, a lot of the spiritual traditions talk about how to be able to cultivate that. You know, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, you had the uh, Ten Commandments. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. Okay? And uh, don't commit adultery. And uh, don't kill. 
Okay, in uh, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, it talked about it's pretty much the same kind of things. Ahimsa, don't harm anybody else. It's the same thing as don't kill. Don't steal. Don't be greedy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, sexual integrity. Uh, brahmacharya. You know, I mean, don't commit adultery. <laughs> okay? These things were common. They're all part of ourselves. It's, it's known. These, they just codified it in their different, uh, you know, religious paths. So character mattered. It really mattered. And just to throw it out, you know, and think that you can do whatever you want to do, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay for those choices. You need to know what you're made of. You need to know that every word that comes out of you is a, is a, um, is a powered chip. Right? And it has power behind it. And you, can you give your word and mean it? And mean it. You know, we were out in the desert here in, uh, in Las Vegas, and, uh, you know, there's, when you go out to the desert, it's often, often uh, you're going out, you know, if you're not going out to Vegas to have a good time, but to this one particularly, it was about sojourns into the heart. You know, we were going into the heart of, of, of a people and, and understanding our nature and helping people. And it's really, when you're going on a sojourn into your heart, it's really about authenticity and power, your authenticity, your power. And when you finally get it, when you finally have it for yourself, loving someone is effortless. Loving someone from that point, you don't have to, you don't play games with love then. The only time you play games with love is when you want to punish someone. That's the only time. And you punish them because you feel that you can't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself, you won't trust someone else. That's the cycle. And so you will make choices that will betray yourself because you can't trust yourself to do the right thing and to live in integrity and because you're thinking other people are doing these things and so I got to do this. And so you repeat this cycle. And when you don't trust yourself, you can't trust anybody. And so when you do trust yourself, though loving someone is effortless. You can love somebody. And then when somebody hurts you, you're going to understand that's okay. Or you're going to be coming from a place of being an empowered adult. And so that's the journey. That's the journey of the heart is this journey to trust, a journey to, of truth. Think about this. Whenever you put your hand on your heart and you say, I want to speak from my heart, everybody suddenly goes, wow, because they're going to say something very truthful, something very honest. It's about truth. And how much do you want to thrive? How courageous do you want to be in your life? You know? And so that's kind of what we're looking at. Because if you don't mean what you say, to yourself, if you don't mean what you say to yourself, you will not mean what you say to another human being. You won't. You cannot hold somebody accountable to the things that you want to hold them accountable to, that they treat you well if you can't hold yourself accountable to the same thing. It can't be done. All right? You're just lying to yourself. And these little lies that you tell, uh, these are, this is how hearts get broken. Okay? I'm lying to my heart, and my heart doesn't trust me. These aren't small. And so you want people, here's the deal, you want people to be emotionally honest with you, but you don't have what it takes to return the compliment. So you've got to think that, you know, integrity is not just about how others treat you, but how you treat them. If you think it's just about how others treat you and not about how you treat them, that's classic narcissism. That's narcissistic. So it's about let's help to be able to start treating each other the way we want to be treated, but it's got to start with us first.
But how do we regain that power? How do we climb back into that power that helps us to reclaim our birthright and reclaim the things that make us who we are? Well, my guest today is an amazing, amazing woman. And she's going to help us to be able to understand a little bit more about what it is our birthright is and how are we to overcome that thing that keeps us from activating that power within us to be able to transform our lives for the better. I want to introduce you to Dr. Marga Macias. She is the number one best-selling author, speaker, medical intuitive, and expert advisor to doctors, CEOs, business owners, moms, and dads with indomitable spirits. Dr. Marga has helped 150,000 patients and counting and has saved the lives of more than 5,000 children and adults while working in hospitals, intensive care units, and clinics. She is the creator of Turn Diabetes Around and Birthright, coaching clients to achieve optimal health, optimum health and wellness of the mind, body, and spirit. Their success stories are proof of her compassionate guidance and tireless work. Dr. Margus, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. It's been, uh, you know, when I met you last week over at the conference, I was just like, wow, what an incredible story, incredible human being. The things that you have done in your life is just, and what you have been able to overcome in your life to achieve and to reach the, the, the success that you have. And with such an open, compassionate, humble heart, I thought, my gosh, uh, I've got to introduce you to my audience and the audience here around the world uh, about the work that you do. Uh, Dr. Marga, could you please share with us a little of your background and, and how you came to the work that you're doing? Well, I was born and raised in the Philippines and I came to the United States for my training. My, I come from a family of doctors. Both my parents are doctors, and out of the four siblings, uh, three of us became doctors. And, um, you know, so I, was, I felt like I was destined to follow in their footsteps being the firstborn child. And, but I have no regrets because I've always wanted to be able to help people. I watch my parents heal. I watch the difference they make. I watch their par patients be so grateful and the lives that they've saved. And so I said, I want to be just like that. And so that's how I turned out to be where I am. But life's circumstances um, gave me lots of hard lessons to learn. And through that, I've been down on in the trenches and I've had a lot of earth-shaking, near-death experiences, death not only for my physical body close to that, but also my, my mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. And then it, when I, you know, that's when I made the decision, what am I supposed to do at this point? And, and you know, it, it took one massive turning point when I almost died from a ruptured aneurysm in 2008 to make me realize that I have something to do in this world. I have a purpose. The reason I survived is because my life's mission is not over. And so then, you know, from being in an enclosed environment where you see patients every day in a clinic, I said, I want to reach out to the world. I want to help people overcome anything that life can throw at them. 
And that's when I decided to launch my programs because then I could reach people anywhere in the world. That's amazing. And it's incredible. And I just want to, I mean, you had an aneurysm, right? You had a brain aneurysm. Yes. My God, how, what was that like to have an, an aneurysm? I, knowing, that, I mean, in being a medical doctor, I know what aneurysm can do and how lucky I am that I'm even alive here and speaking to you. Yeah. Because... You know, half of the people with aneurysms die on the spot. There is no making it to the hospital, no making it to the emergency room. They just die on the spot. And then there's a huge majority that come out with, you know, what we call deficits, who are not the same person anymore. Either they're paralyzed or they lose their mental facilities or the use of their body. And some of them, you know, in a very small handful, maybe like 2% of the population come, come out completely unscathed and I was one of the lucky ones and what makes it even more remarkable was I had two one the first one did not actually become full-blown but when they opened my brain to remove the blood from the second one the neurosurgeon and anesthesiologist they were shocked because underneath the fresh layer of blood there was a pool of old blood that had happened just a month ago so all the more my <laughs> my wow. neurosurgeon said, you are my walking miracle because how you are still here, how it didn't take you out the first the first time or even now is, is just a plain miracle. There's no other way to explain that. So that's when I knew, I said, I, there's a reason why I survived this. And so I am so determined to make make use of my second chance in life amazing oh my god that is incredible you are a walking mirror i mean you are uh um, the miracle frequency i mean you are that is amazing i my goodness we we didn't go into as much detail about that when uh, we were at the conference because so many things were happening and we were going and all that but my goodness gracious wow what that's incredible what that's an inspirational story my god that's Wow, you were meant to be a doctor. I mean, you were absolutely meant to be because you care so much about the people. You experienced, you know, those, what those crises are like. Um, your parents inspired you to be a doctor. Was there, an, what is, as a doctor, what was, what is some of one of the most important memories that you have? Is, was there anything that was the most satisfying experience as a doctor that, you, I mean, you've saved over 150 or helped over 150,000 patients. That's incredible. I can't even count how many of these experiences really made me realize that I am where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. You know, because, you know, from this, from the simplest case to the most complex to the saving people who almost died. You know, it, the fact that when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you made a difference in my life. My life has changed for the better because of you. No matter how small or how large that effect was on them, that is a reminder for me that whatever I went through, all the, you know, all the hardships, all the sacrifices through med school and all that, it was all worth it. If I could make that difference in somebody's life, it's a whole lot better because of me, and that's what they say, tell me. Mm -hmm. Then it's it's worth everything. It's <laughs> it's priceless. <laughs> it is. 
Well, and you work with children, yes? You work at a pediatric children? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I imagine being around children as well and being able to see the resiliency and their courage. And, you know, they, uh, we have so much we can learn from our children in that, the fact that they have such a, 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 a continuity for life. They have such a strong life force. Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, part of, the, part of that understanding, you know, is that, you know, people have, we all have that. We, it just kind of gets kicked out of us a little bit. It kind of gets beat out of us over the course of our lifetime. And how do we tap back into that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we just have to remember how we were when we were children. Because the answer is there. We were born fearless. We were born resilient. We survived all the possible complications that could have happened during the moment of our conception, you know, to the moment of birth. Mm-hmm. Because along the way, uh, so many crazy things could have happened, and yet we survived. So that then and there was our very first success story when we were born. Because actually, 15 to 20% of women even miscarry before they even realize they're pregnant. You know, mm-hmm. we were created from when one of our father's sperms, uh, you know, overcame 50 to 50, 500 million others just to make us. Mm-hmm. And then our cells developed in such a way where we were created, you know, whole, without deficits, without problems. And then we survived the birth process. We survived any illness that our mothers may have had. I mean, when you really learn science and the beauty of conception all the way to the birth of a, of a baby mm-hmm. and all the intricate miracles that have to happen for you to come out alive and well, it's just amazing. So. I can't stress that enough that your birth is the very first success story you ever had. <laughs> well, I love that. And it's true. And, you know, we, we forget those things because we get so caught up in our lives and working and <clears throat> meeting our challenges and the things that we have to do. But we forget what miracles we are. And then, I mean, you point that out in your book and we're going to talk about it here in just a second. That whole idea of. You know, uh, you know, one male sperm had to compete with other 500 million, and then the, just to uh, that the possibility of the the mother already aborting it was a 20 percent, I think a 20 percent chance, yes. and and then so, I mean, it's incredible the odds of being born and being and, and not having any complications is remarkable. And, and for, we take it for granted. Yeah. We think, oh, it's an easy process. No, it's not. I've been, I've seen them all. I've seen the outcome i've seen the negative outcomes and so i know that every birth is a miracle that's for sure mm-hmm. well it is and uh you know when we talked at the energy com or excuse me at uh, the international symposium of quantum consciousness and healing conference that was where we were at in las vegas last weekend uh we talked a little bit about this on our panel discussion you know and you and you brought that to light and we were talking also you know we shared the the, the stage with a lot of incredible amazing experts many of whom are going to come on the show later uh, in the next few months. <clears throat> and I, my intention was to be able to kind of push this energy forward that we had uh, created out there. And we spoke on that panel, we spoke a little bit about transcendence and what transcendence was all about and how do we transcend our limitations. And what does that, uh, what does that mean to us? And for me, I think it meant that first that we needed to connect to something deeper within us and how we do that is we connect to three things. We connect to faith, we connect to uh, trust, and we connect to hope. You know, the faith, if you don't have faith in yourself, in your, in your path, in God, or in something, and you put it outside of yourself, 
you're not going to be able to hold that will throw you off that is going to that won't be able to, you've got to believe in yourself you got to find some way to have faith and, and trust in yourself that you're going to be able to make it and be able to get through it you got to do that by not lying to yourself you got to do that by being in integrity you got to do that by self-respect you've got to do that by no longer blaming other people for the choices and decisions and actions that you make in your life you've got to be totally responsible and accountable to yourself and then you've got to you've got to trust. You've got to be able to trust yourself, and that's a that's a choice by choice, moment by moment type thing. And then hope. Hope is like one of the biggest graces that you can have. Hope can help us to endure the unendurable, to get through those things. And by those connecting to those things, we can help to transcend whatever limitations that we may have. I think that was kind of like my answer in one of the panels. Yes. I, hope, I think it was that one. That was it. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Marga, could you share uh, to with the audience uh, what was uh, what your idea of, of what what does transcend mean to you? Well, I agree with with your definition and your viewpoint on on transcend, and yeah, that is right. And for me, transcend is is for me like a rebirth, like reawakening, where you recognize who you are and recognize the things that um, you know have. How, how life has changed you or what you have become and then come to awareness of yourself make a re-evaluation of, of of how you are and is there room for growth is there room for improvement is there room to give more is there room for more love for compassion and then when you put these all tools together and you become aware and then you rise above that you go beyond your comfort zone, beyond your limit, and you are at a whole new level of learning, giving, growing, and receiving. For me, that's transcendence. I think that's great. Yeah, I agree with you. When you can grow and you're receiving and you're allowing that, I think it's absolutely. And, you know, sometimes people are not able to understand how can they tap into that. They want to. They have this this impulse inside, this thing that wants to come out and be born and have that sense of rebirth, but they don't know how to do it, and they feel stuck. And so there's this part, you know, this part of you that uh, wants to emerge, but how do you do that? Well, one of the things you can do is buy <laughs> Dr. Marga Macias' book. My Did I say that right? Macias. Macias. I'm so sorry about that. Macias. <laughs> Dr. Morgan Macias' book is the number one best-selling author of Birthright, Five Secrets to Reclaim the Power of You. And uh, it's, uh, I've read it. I read it all last night. I couldn't put it down. It was outstanding. And I was caught, you know, the first line in your book caught me, grabbed me, because what you were talking about was like, Really? Your, your first line in the introduction is, you are born to greatness. And I thought about it, and I was like, really? That's a huge statement. That's an enormous statement. Why do you believe, Marga, that this is true, that we are all born to greatness? I mean, just like what I explained earlier, the fact that we survived the miracle of birth and, and that we were made, we were put on this earth for, an, for a reason, you know? Everyone has a purpose in life. I don't care how young you are, how small you are, how fragile, how strong, but everybody on this earth has a, has a purpose. And when we embrace the power of ourselves, when we embrace the person that we were put on this earth to be, there's, and we set our minds to it, there's absolutely nothing we can't achieve. 
You know, we ha we hear stories, and I've been witness to people with the most devastating events, that anything that could typically crush anyone's soul, and yet they emerge. And not only that, but they but they thrive. You know, they they flourish. They make use of what the lessons that life has told taught them, not with bitterness, not with shame, not with guilt, not with remorse, not with putting themselves down, but they 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 rise above that. And they make a huge difference in the world. They go on to be inspirations to other people. So everybody has that in them. Everyone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, life just happens. And some of us are knocked down so hard or so often, like you say, that we forget how great we are. But trust me, believe me, you are, I am. We all are born to greatness. <laughs> and we're living it. Well, and it's, uh, and, and I think you kid on it right there. It's like we have a choice. Whenever we experienced any kind of a challenge, uh, a suffering, a painful experience, uh, you know, a, a trauma in our lives, uh, abuse in our lives, uh, anything that keeps us, that, uh, that, that breaks us down, that, that uh, we do have an option at those points to be able to choose the, the guilt, the rage, the anger, the resentment, the shame. Uh, to be trapped in those things, or we can choose to be able to rise up. And it is the harder path. The easier path is to do the other. It's a lot easier to, to just stay where and to stay wounded and to use our wounds as weapons. And many people do. They use their wounds as weapons and as an identity, and they stay stuck there. It's not that you don't mourn it. It's not that you don't mourn the losses or the grief or all those things that happen. But at some point, you have to decide, I can no longer allow this wound to have control over me. I can no longer allow this to control and impede and block the, the quality of my life. You know, this, this event, this person, this situation has, has got taken too much occupancy. I need to find a way and a healthy way to get out of it. And reading this book and, and, and looking for Dr. Marga is one of the ways that you'll be able to do that. Uh, quickly. Just want to make a quick uh, radio announcement, station announcement. You are listening to this amazing interview with Dr. Marga Macias. Yes? Macias. Macias. Uh, I think I'm saying it in time. Macias, Dr. Marga Macias here on KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. We are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado. Broadcasting all across the nation, all across the world. We're being listened to in over four, by over 40 countries. Uh, at least, and it is just an honor and a privilege to be uh, to be your host, and to that, for all of you who are tuning in around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, how can people? You know, imagine they're probably thinking, "My gosh, yeah, sure, I'm born to greatness. Yeah, that, okay, how's that? I'm struggling so much. Why am I struggling so much if I'm born to, to this greatness?" Why don't things work out the way I want them to? You know, why do I keep running into this failure? Why do I keep running into the same problems? Marga, what would you say to these people, and how can you help them? Well, the reason why they're in this little whirlpool and not able to rise above it is because they, they have unknowingly or knowingly have allowed the biggest enemy live inside them, and that big enemy which is the what I discuss in thoroughly in my book is apathy mm -hmm. so you know because we we have the ability to change if we want to but when we let all the life's hardships 
bring us down and choose to stay down, when we become apathetic, when we become numb and indifferent and impassive and emotionless, when we lose hope and we just we just um, lose the drive to do anything and we sink into apathy, that's the number one thing that will kill us from achieving our dreams, from rising above where we are. I, you know, it's, it is menacing. Uh, it's invisible, like you said. It's menacing. I've had to deal with apathy, I think, uh, uh, so many times I've had to struggle with it. And when you brought that to light, I actually had to put the book down. And it, it struck me so much. I had to, t- to walk around a little bit, and I could feel it welling up inside of me. And I'm thinking about all the times, like, oh, my gosh, you know. I, 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 gosh, uh, you know, I've, I can remember, and I still, you know, struggle with it because I've had so many – I've had successes, and I've also had a lot of failures. And uh, where I've struggled, I've had great ideas, great concepts, devoted and motivated myself to, you know, get degrees and get, you know, ma- my masters and, and working hard and, and giving over myself to all these different uh, organizations. And then things just didn't quite work out. Some of the I, I, my own ideas, I initiated them. And then I lost focus. Then I lost the energy. I couldn't cross the finish line and some things. And then that would come back on me as being a failure, as being um, there's something wrong with me. I mean, you know, why, why do I fall into this, this inability of be not being able to, to, to cross that finish line and to follow through to the end? And like, for example, uh, this book that I wrote, right? I wrote this like four years ago. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was just this book that I, I, I was, I felt I, I, I wrote it. I was going to get it all done. And all of a sudden I just like, I short circuited and I don't know, I couldn't, you know, and it's finally now, I'm, you know, I just ran out of gas and ran out of hope. And, um, and it's now I'm finally actually getting ready to move forward with it. So how can you help our listeners who are, who are, um, who are struggling with this procrastination and fatigue with motivating their dreams. Could you identify for them just a little bit the different types of apathy that most people might not be aware of that they may be dealing with? Yes, and I don't want you to, you know, people should not be hard on themselves for having moments of becoming apathetic. We all go through it. I've been through it a hundred times, if not even more, just like everybody else who I'm speaking to. We've all been there, but it's it's how do you rise above it? What do you do? And the point, my point here is to recognize that it is happening to you, and so and recognizing what's triggering this again, and recognizing what what does that what does that do to me? What are the roadblocks that happen when I allow myself to stay longer in this apathy? And then you decide: Do I stay here or do I move forward? So it's it's really. And if you look at it, it seems like a simple process, but it's, of course, more difficult because you're dealing with pain and emotions and, and heavy things like rejection or failure or loss. But then the choice absolutely is yours. And so it's, it's everywhere. There is not one person alive who has not at one point or another been apathetic. And there, there are different categories, but in the healthy population, the four, they call it like the four subtypes of apathy. The first one is what we call generally motivated. And that's 61% of the population. And um, 
thankfully, 61%, because these are people who, who have a, a drive, you know, they have a plan, they have a goal, but then, you know, they are just so physically worn out to be able to do it. So in other words, the mind is willing, but the body is weak, maybe because of being overworked, of so stress, of being unhealthy. So that's the that's a population of generally motivated, where you do have a plan, you do have ambition, you do have a drive, but you are um, so exhausted and worn out that you're not able to carry through your plan. And then the second type is the behaviorally or socially um, apathetic, and that is 25% of the population. And this is the group where they are more fatigued and more depressed. So again, you know, they feel like I feel unworthy or um, I'm, I'm not accepted for who I am, and therefore I withdraw. I feel sad. I feel mm -hmm. depressed because I try hard and I, now I'm put in an awkward situation. I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I'm accepted, and therefore I step back because I'm afraid to get hurt again. Mm -hmm. So that would be the behaviorally and socially um, apathetic. And then there's the emotionally apathetic group, and that is 12% um, of the population. And this, it becomes more and more severe as you go down. In the emotionally apathetic, which is 12% of the population, this is where typically where you find anhedonia. And anhedonia is, de is defined as the inability to find joy or happiness in something that you use, that used to make you happy. You know, and so you know it could be anything in life. For instance, your 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 hobbies, your pleasures, your 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 um, skills. Like if you want to play the piano, if you love singing, if you love playing the piano, if you love entertaining, if you lo if you love that. But then you know, by um, being emotionally wounded, it 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 strips you of what used to bring you joy. And then finally, and thankfully, only 2% of the population, this is the generally apathetic. This is the one, these are the people who have just completely given up. There is no hope. They merely exist. Boy, is it possible to be in all of them? <laughs> when you're listing all those things, Marga, I'm thinking, my gosh, I have, uh, you know, experienced all of those on some level in some way and it's made it very challenging and difficult at times to be able to um, navigate through the uh, the situations that I've had and we're reconnecting to you here in just a second but it's uh, you know I imagine that you know when when people when this happens and you're feeling this way and uh, you know it creates a, a sense that you can overcome those things and so we're gonna go ahead and call her back here because sometimes these things happen when uh, you're working with technology we're, we're bringing you the best things from all over and best people and these things happen while we're on there <laughs> it worked out great Look, um, uh, anyway I've experienced all those things and so, you know, it, it reminds me that uh, we have to face our apathy. And one of the times, and sometimes when you've been emotionally wounded so bad or you've experienced so much pain, um, you know, how do we be able to pull that out? You know, how do we face our apathy? How do we face it and take back control of our lives? Well, 
like we say, first of all, you have to face the pain head on. You cannot pretend that it didn't happen or you cannot acknowledge that it hurt you in some way. You can't say, no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. Let's not go there. I don't want to feel bad all over again. Because in, in facing the pain, you have to also embrace and recognize how much it changed you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I was before. This is what it made me become. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. do I want to stay this broken person or do I want to rise above that and become the person who I was before life hurt me so much? But unless you face it, unless you face it head on and recognize this is how much it's affected me, this is what's become of my life with this living inside me, if you don't refuse to see the difference, if you refuse to see how much it ate you up inside, how much it hurt you, put you down, destroyed you, then that's the only, that's your, that should be your impetus to try to move forward because, that's your, again, your choice. Do I stay here or do I move forward? And another thing that, that helps you overcome that is you need to acknowledge that things cannot be changed. It's crucial because, you know, okay, you know, and then, of course, we're, we're left with, I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, if only I did things this way, we're overcome with guilt. And, you know, I, I, my life wouldn't have been this way if they didn't do this to me or if I didn't choose this direction or if um, they didn't, you know, convince me to do it this way. But regard, and then I could have changed, my life would have been different if I did this instead of that. But you have to realize, okay, yes, it happened, but the past is past. There is no rewind and record button all over again. You can't. This is done. It's done. So you have to recognize, okay, this is what it is. And besides, another thing I wanted to point out was really important. No matter what you could or could not have done, the outcome may have been the same anyway. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens in life has a reason and yes including the pain that we go through including the failures including the hardship it's not some some sadistic higher being that says okay you know charlie i am going to have you cursed for life and this and this and this and this is going to happen to you no we all go through that we all have our ups and downs that's the balance of life it's not going to be a bed of roses all the time because one can't exist without the other. How will you know success if you don't know failure? How will you know joy if you don't know pain? How will you know love if you've never experienced hatred? Mm-hmm. It's the balance of life. And then so from that, of course, then the next step is to decide, okay, who's gonna dominate? Me or my pain? And that should be, okay, make the decision. Do I stay where I am? Do I move forward? And then when you make the decision, then you take take control of your decision, take control of your future, because the choice is absolutely 100% yours. Boy, oh boy, I think you hit on that right on the spot. I've got all what you're saying on these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're so right, you know, and... Uh, you know, I think when I when I work with people and I teach my classes that I talk about, you know, once one is done, it can never be made undone. You can't yes. go back. You can't go back. You can't wish it away. You can't pray it away. You can't kick it away. You can't hope it away. You can't wash it away. You can't do it. And it's about what are you going to do with it now? How am I going to live with this? And, uh, you know, you're right. In those moments, when that moment hits in our painful past, 
You know, it, it's so crucial to understand that, you know, you get a much, when that, when that, uh, that, that moment arrives where you are initiated into a new way of being, and sometimes you don't want it to happen, you don't want it to happen, but you know when it happens because uh, it's, a tra- it's a trauma, it's a rejection, it's a deception, it's a betrayal, it's a, uh, an abuse, it's uh, some kind of, you know, uh, oh, you know my, when my, uh, uh, years ago I, I, I experienced a, a, an extraordinary traumatic event when my, when my ex-fiancee at the time left me. I opened the door and all her stuff was gone and it was extraordinarily painful because I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it was happening. I just, it, uh-huh. it's so... It was an initiation that I did not want to go through. I didn't want to, but it was there. And it happened. And it broke me open in that pain. And all that, what it awoke in me was the capacity, and I, and I don't know if this, but the capacity to harm another human being. It awoke in me the capacity to destroy. And it was, took all of my effort not to want to act on those things. And when that finally passed, then what was underneath all that was the unworthiness, was the, the rejection, was the, the shame, was the loss. I would grieve and grieve for hours and hours and hours on end, day after day after day, week after week. It was crushing. I didn't want to go on with life after that. And so it, it opens you up to a whole new dimension in yourself that, and you are symbolically dying to a way of life and but I didn't want to let go because I was so wanted that old way how important in your estimation uh, Marga is it for us to be able to put our past behind us is it crucial in, in to effectively deal with our apathy and why it is absolutely crucial 100% crucial because when we don't put the past behind us then we it becomes our crutch you know it becomes always our fallback oh i can't do this i'm not able to do this anymore because this happened to me or you know oh no i don't want to go down that road because this is what happened to me before or they hurt me therefore i'm afraid to try again or somebody deceived me so i don't want to love again or somebody you know so we, it, it's always going to be a crutch, and and I have, find it very very difficult to work with clients who refuse to let go because then it, there's always a fallback excuse, and I'm done with the excuses. Think of it. Think of the past as your your baggage. You carry that on with you, and let's say, okay, Charlie, I'm going to take you from this road to where you want to go further up ahead. But you say, okay, I'm going with you. I says, but I'm going to carry my baggage. I'm going to carry my hurt, my past. How much longer do you think it's going to take for us to go there, especially if it's going to be an uphill climb? Because climbing out of apathy is an uphill climb. Now, if you say, I'm going to hold on to my luggage, to my baggage, my heavy past, my pain, and, you know, how, how, how do you expect to be able to move forward with ease or, or faster? You can't. You know, so so it's 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 either you 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 let it go, and I'm not saying you forget. No one forgets their past. You can I can ask you what did you have for breakfast yesterday. You might scratch your head, but if I say what happened in this event when this happened to you when your ex fiance left you, and like a movie, you can recite that to me. You know, <laughs> see totally. see so yeah. so it's it it's it. You, I'm not saying you forget, but then I'm I'm saying it's like you just make 
that choice what do you want to do but you cannot and mm. another thing important to think too if you stay in that vibration of a victim or the one who was hurt mm -hmm. or the one who was betrayed and that's all you stay in you don't want to climb out of it what do you think you're going to attract in the universe mm. the same same yes you do <laughs> tomorrow it's going to come back to you yeah, that's and right. then you wonder then you wonder why is life this way yeah. because oh, yeah. that's where you want to stay that's where you dwell yeah and you know i today i you know I, she's watching this i thank you for doing what you did because it, it like it opened me up to areas that i needed to take ownership of I made. I certainly made mistakes in that relationship. I'm not exonerating myself in any way, uh, but I had to own that part and I had to own my mistakes, and I had to move, move forward. And I've grown to be a better man as a consequence of it, and a, a healthier man. And one of the key things was to own my part in the relationship. You know, I mean, I had to do that. And a lot of times, people don't want to do that. They want to blame the other person and all that stuff, but there's a part of you that played that said, okay, I did this too, you know, I caused exactly. you hurt. I did that, and uh, boy, if we could do exactly. more of that, you know? So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's self-analysis too, because, you know, they reacted to the way how we reacted. I mean, you know, so mm -hmm. so it's not, you're not 100%, you know, free of, of hurting them in some some way something have had to happen if otherwise it would have happened this way but then you know it's taking ownership for what you did i acknowledge yes i was for instance i was disrespectful mm -hmm. or i didn't give them the time that they needed something i mean you had a part in it but again it's not to chastise yourself or you beat yourself down it's a lesson so mm -hmm. i said okay in the future if this is what i'm faced with i know better how to deal with it because this, the way I reacted or acted on the in the past, did not do me any good. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you think, uh, Margo? What is, is there a purpose to pain? You know, these, I mean, these are pain. Is there a purpose in pain? And could you share an example from your life where you were able to find the relevance from a painful experience? I just shared with you a little. That was my, that was my rock bottom. <laughs> you know, uh, is there a purpose to it? Yes. I absolutely believe it, it, there's a purpose to pain, and pain um, may not necessarily be our enemy because through pain, there are so many lessons that we learn in life, very important ones. It's a lifetime reminder for us, you know, that having gone through that before, we know the circumstances, we recognize it, and so, and it's ingrained in our heads because the experience was so, you know, painful, was so devastating for us, we remember it. And so hopefully if that happens again in the future, then you you know that if this is the way I approached it then and it really hurt me badly, then maybe there's another way to do it, a better way to, to, to experience it or to deal with the situation. So it is always a lesson for us, you know? And and it's it's not, like I said, it's not a sadistic um, purpose, I mean, or intention for our, for our lives. Sometimes, the very painful, the most painful things happen to us because, because it's it's like the universe tried to say that you're not supposed to go down that path, mm -hmm. or this is not the person you're supposed to be with. This is not the life I intend that's intended for you. You're going down the wrong way. So 
you know, mm. I'm going to put roadblocks in front of you. I'm going to put you challenges until you wake up and see that this is not where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, it teaches us monumental lessons and um, pain is also a way for us to be a lesson for others, you know, because when people see what we went through and how we survived, then it, you know, they, they can, they can, they can get inspired by our courage or our resilience or our strength when we were overcome with that pain. It is not, it's not a curse. Pain teaches us very valuable lessons that we will, if we are aware and open our, our hearts and minds to it, it's going to actually help us along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I, uh, and you've experienced in your, you know, you've experienced, I just want uh, oh. from the place of <laughs> authenticity. I mean, you've experienced abuse. You've experienced uh, domestic violence. You've experienced physical, all that kind of stuff. So you're coming from a place. Last last uh, our last show, we were we dedicated it to all women. We had a show about domestic violence, and so you're coming from that place of having experienced it. Yes. So you know. What yes. You, you yes. Know. Uh, the pain of that. The pain of the physical body. You know, almost dying. The pain of rejection. No. From from you know future loves the pain of failure, of not being able you know of of feeling like I hadn't done enough or that what my plan was my goal was didn't match I mean was it met so so many pains and and, and different levels and also the pain of feeling unappreciated and and disrespected in my in my like in my former job so Mm -hmm. you know then that's when 2008 I forgot to answer your question but that's when it all came crashing I had my aneurysm I was in a job where I was Mm -hmm. under severely underpaid underappreciated was not respected and then you know the the person who I was with after my traumatic experience with my in my marriage um was didn't feel comfortable being around me because as the stronger I got the more he felt in his own words castrated mm-hmm. and so and I was blindsided with that one then I lost my father to cancer all in one so it was like everything crumbling down I was struggling financially I was a single mom with two young kids overworked overwhelmed and and with which I felt like I was getting hit from all sides so yes you know I, I know pain but then in that moment again because I I you know for a brief moment it said you know what if I'm not here to deal with this but then you know I said I couldn't I put myself in the place of my children I says I cannot imagine them going through life without me I've got to be stronger than this you know because sometimes when we're when we are so badly wounded once in a while it crosses our mind not that there's an intention but when we're so severely depressed that can happen but then so when you hit rock bottom that's when that moment of, of hopeful hopefully clarity happens then you say okay I sink or I swim mm-hmm. I do or I die and that is a turning point. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I, I mean, that's you. You do, and you know, I, I think uh, for me, one of the things that was uh, absolutely uh, essential was I, before that that rock bottom moment, uh, I had kind of become an agnostic. I wasn't believing in it. You know, I turned my my back on God. I got on my hands and knees and prayed, and I realized I was in a lot of trouble <laughs> at that time. And uh-huh. I, it was like I, I, I knew I needed needed a larger, uh, uh, some bigger help and uh, to make me through that time. 
But it yes. is. You're going to sink or swim, swim at that point. Um, uh-huh. We are uh, just a quick radio station announcement. We are broadcasting this amazing interview with Dr. Marga Macias. Macias? Macias. Oh, my gosh. I keep, it's Italian. <laughs> Macias. I'm so sorry. Dr. Marga Macias. Uh, who has written this book, uh, Birthright, which is outstanding, has five secrets to reclaim the power of you. And uh, we are broadcasting here on KUHSDenver.com, broadcasting all across uh, Colorado, uh, the nation, and the world. Uh, Marga, we only have a few more minutes, and I want to kind of get into how do we – how do we start to claim our birthrights? What are the steps that we need to overcome? And I know you've listed some of them, but what are some, yeah. a couple steps that you could share with the audience that can help them to start to overcome their apathy, to overcome these, these trials that they have and the roadblocks that they might have to overcome? Okay. Well, my, my, my tips would be first be honest with yourself. Okay? Stop trying to live the life that other people want you to live. Stop being the person that others expect you to be. Because if you're not honest with yourself, the most unhappy one at the end will be you. Right? So don't be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to speak your mind or your truth. Own your worth. You know, you are not, I mean, yes, you were broken. But remember, you were born to greatness. If you have it inside you, think of it just that it's dormant, that he had fallen asleep. Wake it up because you have that power inside you. Don't be afraid to create off-beaten paths. Not every path to success is streamlined or cookie-cutter pattern. You know, the, the road to success can be very curvy or long. And think of it, sometimes it, it might be like the fastest way, but you don't enjoy the scenery. But if you take the longer way, you might enjoy life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And there's a hundred ways to get to a place just like in the GPS. Find your own way where there's a balance of yourself, where you're happy with not feeling so overwhelmed. And then sink or swim tenacity. You fight like you're going to die, you know? Like you fight, you swim, you go, you, like like your life depended on it, because it actually does. And then my my fifth and final tip would be, you know, prime your sex, yourself for success. So I look at it as the four wheels of a car, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. All have to be aligned, all have to be well primed and inflated, because if one is flat or is one is off, you're not going to get your journey faster. So physical, take care of your body. Emotional, you know, your, your, how you deal with, with, with setbacks in life. Um, you know, your mental, don't, you know, own your worth, own your power, own, mm-hmm. know who you are, and don't mm-hmm. be afraid to live that. And, of course, spiritual, which also goes with, you know, the, and the feeling of gratitude because nothing happens for without without reason there's everything that happens is for a purpose in your life mm-hmm. and if you, you learn to embrace all that and prime yourself you know where your physical mental emotional spiritual body are one then your direction towards your path will be clearer stronger and you'll get there faster i think that's so brilliant i think that's absolutely brilliant i, I mean uh, and, I, and I like also how you pointed out there, there's no straight path to success. There, it's kind of curvy. It goes in one direction, and then you have a little detour, and oops, and you have a little detour that comes around, and you know, so all these things that happen. And but you know, it's just about embracing the totality of it all. And I think that what you know, one of the things when I teach uh, in this right now, uh, I think is so important for us to, at this time period 
is that the order of the day is to take full command of our soul. That we uh-huh. need to fully embrace who we are and stop pretending to be who we're not and embrace that and speak the truth. The truth of who we are and what we want and who we want to be and having that kind of clarity. And I think those tools, those keys that you've given everybody are so... How can they get in touch with you? How can people reach out to you? Well, um, first, my book is on Amazon. So both my books are on Amazon, That and Turn Diabetes Around. Everything I kept simple. Margaret Macias, MD, on Facebook and on Instagram. My website is MargaretMacias.md.com. So it's pretty straightforward, you know. And what I want you to understand is you're not alone. You know, so I know life has hurt you, you know, badly for most of us, but realize that you are not alone in this journey. There are people like us who are there willing to help you, who've been down in the trenches like you, who understand pain. And I also understand the human body, you know, the, the diseases and, the, the, and how it affects us. That, that makes me different from others because I know science, I know the human body, I know how it can also hurt you. And so I just combine everything that I've been learning and been, been trained to do for so many years, 30 years now, and put it all together to help you live the life that you dream. Ah, well, I think that, what, you know, is there, what really makes you stand out as all wellness? What makes you different from everybody else? Is that, is that that integration of all those parts of you? That, yes, yeah. yes. And like I mentioned, so I have my medical background, so I understand disease. Yeah. I understand what drugs and what the ailments can do to your body, how it affects every single organ, every cell of your body. And then I know how when you experience that, or with or without that, you may have a perfectly strong body, but your mind is weak, or your spirits, and you know, has been has been lost, mm-hmm. or that you know, and mentally you've you've you've, you've lost it. Emotionally, you're 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 not you're not the strongest. So, um, I, I marry the the science and everything I've gone through in my life. And also all of my experiences working with the best of the best mentors who have trained me mm-hmm. to become who I am right now. And I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing. Yeah. My journey for growth and learning will never stop because not only will it help myself, but it'll help the ones I'm trying to help. Uh, Marga, I, 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 I'm so glad you joined me on this show today. Thank you so much. Uh, your website, you. just for everybody, <clears throat> is Marga. Macias. Macias. Uh, Marga Macias. I finally got it. Marga Macias, MD.com. That's M A R G A M A C I A S M D.com. And, uh, and her book, uh, Birthright for the Five Secrets, oops, for the Five Secrets to Reclaim the Power of You, is on that website, along with another book, uh, best selling book called Turn Diabetes Around. So please visit uh, her website, MargaMacias.md.com. And uh, Marga, before we go and close out the show, I can't believe we're already here at the end. I always ask my guests before uh, we close out, if you could give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? Believe in your greatness. Own your worth. Acknowledge the gift that you are to the world and to others around you. Mm. Don't lose hope. Oh my God. Believe in yourself. 
I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that, Marga. <laughs> it is. Believe in yourself. There's only one you. You can only be you. Only you can be you. So be exactly. the best you you can be. And if you've got you, no matter where you are in life, you can always start over again as long as you've got you. And, uh, and that's kind of the theme of the day. So thank you, Marga, so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Charlie. Um, it's been an honor to have you on. I'm, I'm just so. Thank you. And so, please, folks, uh, visit her website. Go to her. Order this book. Uh, it's really, really fantastic. And um, uh, just you can't miss out with if you're working with Marga. That's for sure. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the council today. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another great guest. We've got. Uh, Coming up in the next uh, month, month and a half, we've got Gina Caputo. We've got Lisa Thomas, whose uh, energy uh, goes back to epigenetics energy work. Uh, Gina Caputo does, uh, is a yoga founder of the Colorado School of Yoga. And we've got so many other guests that are coming on. We're going to talk about to bring spirituality into our relationships and how that looks. Uh, you want to tune into the council. Thank you, folks. May you all be well. May you all be free of suffering. May you all be whole. The council is adjourned. Thank you so much, folks. God bless.